Welcome back to another episode of the Conservatarian Podcast. Um, my voice might sound a little different for two reasons. Uh, one, I'm recording this straight um, off the mic of the phone I just got. And two, uh, I just got off uh, the game with the boys. And, uh, well, things got a little heated there. A couple close calls in the match. And uh, let's just say I was not too happy with... Uh, the results of some of those matches. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we've got some more news out about uh, some more COVID relief bills, uh, which, you know, at this point, just sort of become a running gag, I suppose. It's just like, oh, here comes another bill they're going to be talking about for like a week, and then, well, it's going to be gone again. But um, we've got a couple different proposals floating around uh, to recap. Earlier negotiations between, uh, essentially, uh, House Democrats and uh, the Trump administration. Uh, you know the the uh, the COVID bills were in the two trillion dollar range. Uh, I believe uh, Democrats wanted two point two trillion or two point four trillion, and Trump was you know like kind of right there on the line. I think they started at one point eight and then moved up to two point two. Um. But essentially, all negotiation kind of just shut down. Um, but now it's apparently reopened. Uh, you have some senators uh, working on a bipartisan bill. Currently has the support of around 50 senators so far that I've seen. Um, it's a $900 billion bill. Uh, but the bill does not include uh, uh, stimulus checks for family. Um for families, and uh, this is, you know, an, an issue that many other senators are bringing up, saying, "Look, uh, we can't have another relief bill without uh, uh, direct cash payments to to families." Um, so now we're at another interesting divide where you're you're to the point. Well, at least I'm to the point where I'm like, you know, is it even worth doing another? COVID bill, because the way I see it, look, you have certain states with little to no restrictions, small businesses are back open, big box stores really never closed, let's be honest, uh, they're the ones who've been making bank, I think Walmart's profits were up 80%, Amazon was up like 100%, like in insane amounts, um, not to say necessarily those corporations didn't deserve, you know, any increase, but I think you can attribute most of the increase to the simple fact that uh, they weren't closed while so many other places were. Um, and the way I see it, you know, you do another huge, you know, trillion dollar stimulus bill, right? A lot of the, the money is going to end up going to, to corporations that don't necessarily need it. Um, and small businesses that could have applied for it, uh, would have needed that money, you know, six months ago and not now, you know, you have thousands of small businesses that have shut their doors permanently. They're, they're not going to reopen. They've lost everything. Um, because so many people, you know, abused the small business loans and, and took them out when they didn't need them. And, uh, yeah, essentially it's funneling money into their own pockets, um, which is, 
you know, sick and, and quite frankly, disgusting uh, to see the program abused because when it, when it was used properly, it was a, a pretty good program uh, for, for what, you know, we needed to do during the time. Um, I still say, looking back now, knowing everything we do now, I'm completely and totally against lockdowns of any kind, and I don't think that's something the government should be in the business of. I think we can give sort of... Uh, loose guidelines per se, but nothing that can be strictly enforced. I think it ultimately it's up to the the you know the the consumers where they want to go, what precautions they want to take, and and the businesses and what precautions they want to take. Because ultimately, you know, uh, the people know what's best for themselves. You know, if you're someone that's really worried about the virus, and there's a store that says you know you don't have to wear a mask. Um, or, you know, we're not going to limit the people in here, uh, you're probably not going to go on that one. But if you're someone that's, you know, either already had the virus or just thinks that it's kind of overblown, and then you're going to be like, I don't care where I go. You know, that that's your decision. I, I, I'm, at this point, pretty much, you know, 100% against government lockdown of any kind. I've heard far too many, you know, just horrible stories about these small business owners being shut down uh, the latest one was, uh, some sort of grill in, uh, I think Los Angeles. You know, this woman, uh, recorded a video talking about, you know, her struggles and how she's been forced to close, but now a, uh, a movie studio is, <laughs> you know, moved in right next door and they can continue to do as they please. Um, and I think for one that sends the exact wrong message, uh, you know, uh, given that, you know, they're in against in Los Angeles, uh, California. Um, you know, California is run by, you know, primarily Democrats and cities, definitely Democrats, and they claim to be anti-elite, you know, that's kind of their, their stance, um, you know, or what they try to go by, you know, we're going to fight for the little guy, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? And then, all their policies are killing the small businesses, you know, killing the little guy, right? You know, killing working class families and shutting them down where they can't get anything. And then in the same breath say, why isn't President Trump or the Republicans doing anything for a stimulus bill? It's like, well, we need the House, uh, which is still Democrat controlled. So at this point, the ball is in your court. Um, it's not to say... Republicans aren't at fault to some degree. Uh, I think Mitch McConnell could have been more forceful in the Senate with trying to get a bill rolling. Um, I think the leadership of both parties has been iffy at best. Um, but primarily the ball has been in the Democratic Party leadership's court. Uh, Pelosi and, and Chuck Schumer. Um, you know, I think there's been too much, you know, politics going on and not real policy and, and, and not real solutions going on. Um, so that's why the issue of another, you know, trillion dollar COVID bills is really sort of iffy for me. But I, I think if we're going to have another one, um, I don't want it to be another massive spending bill like that. For one, it needs to use the leftover funds from the CARES Act, which I think is, there's like some odd 500 
billion left over, which is insane because the bill was what one point four trillion something odd dollars. Um, so for one, use that use use those funds for sure. Um, so automatically right there, you know, you can do a lot with that money. Uh, I believe they said that there's enough money left over to do another round of stimulus checks right there. And the way I'm looking at it is, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of stimulus. I don't like injecting money into the economy sort of arbitrarily, you know, that's going to lead to inflation later on and massive amounts of inflation is just going to decrease the value of the dollar even more, which is not what you need when you're trying to, you know, recover your economy. Um, but I think if you have another round of stimulus checks in coordination with cutting taxes for the year, uh, either halting the income tax altogether or, or halving it, you know, slashing it. And I say income tax because I know the Democrats won't play ball with the payroll tax, even though it's really just two income taxes. It all gets put into the same treasury funds. It all gets spent the same. Um, so we'll say income tax. Uh, you halt that. You cut some taxes for corporations temporarily for the year. And not just big corporations. I'm talking across the board, really. Um, which will hopefully both encourage more jobs to come back from overseas to take advantage of it. Um, but incur be able to let small businesses breathe a little and recuperate their losses so far, the ones that can be salvaged. Uh, I definitely do want another round of small business loans. I think we need to crack down on them, though. Uh, there needs to be some sort of um, oversight into that. I think the House and Senate oversight committees need to be dead on regarding issues such as that. Uh, as far as looking into people abusing the small business loans, taking them out when they don't need them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think if you do that, that warrants a bill, and I think that's something that could be agreed on by both parties pretty easily. I think everything else is sort of uh, them just trying to look for political wins for whatever policy points they're trying to put together, which right now is not the thing to be looking at. Um, I think if you just did that, passed that, it should pass unanimously, essentially. Um, you know, you're still going to have some, you know, um, some people vote against it, uh, probably namely on the Republican side. Um just out of the fact, you know, they, they see it as we've spent enough, which is fair game. Um, but I think that would be the best course of action for, uh, getting another, another bill through. Um, and even then it shouldn't, all that shouldn't be in one bill. It needs to be voted on issue by issue so they can tackle each thing, uh, and, and perfect it to the you know, the best of their ability between both, uh, both parties and, and all the senators involved. Um, I'm not a fan of huge spending bills. Uh, things tend to be hidden in them. <laughs> Same with, uh, the NDAA. Um, 
you know, I'm not a huge fan of, of big pills, uh, especially when they apparently tell these people to read them in, like, one day, and it's like a 2,400-page <laughs> document. It's like, good luck with that. Like, no way. Like, even my favorite, you know, novel, you know, a really good book, and that was 2,400 pages. I can't read that all in one day. Like, it's not going to happen. I was reading a really great book called Matterhorn, um, about Vietnam, uh, piece of fiction, but based off the author's real experiences there, and it was a fantastic book, and I literally stayed up until, like, six in the morning reading it, uh, but I couldn't finish it all, I tried, I really tried, but I could not finish it, it was only, it was, like, 800 pages, some of those pages were just, you know, the glossary, whatever, talking about the slang they used during that time period, but, as great as the book was, I couldn't finish it all in one sitting. Yeah, I really wanted to. I could not. So there's no way that I, if I were a congressman or a senator, could read a bill that huge in one day. Two days is still pushing it. Three days is still pushing You know, you really need like a week to go over that. Because for one, I'm probably going to be sitting there, you know, highlighting things, being like, what is this? Why is this in this bill? Um which is probably what you would see a lot from the CARES Act even, of people really sat down and looked at it and be like, why is this in here? This doesn't need to be in here. This doesn't need to be in here. Um, I think the best thing right now is is quick, targeted, uh, and bipartisan relief. And I think the best way to do that is to get more money back in the hands of American people, let them keep their money, have this be the last, you know, hoorah, and then the government needs to step back and sort of let the economy do its thing and just focus on, uh, the medicinal side of things. Um, you know, so, you know, I wouldn't be crazy about going too much further over 500 billion. Um, we've spent massive amounts already. You know, what we spent in the CARES Act is usually what we spend in like a year. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a it's a tough thing to to decide on, and to pretend otherwise is just to ignore the 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 intricacies of of you know economic policy and and such. Um, but I think ultimately this could have all been avoided had we, for one, done it sooner. And two, uh, you know, not jumped in so drastically into the decisions we took um, and had some of these states not taken such drastic action. Um, It's going to be a painful road to recovery for a lot of these businesses, a lot of these families. Um, But, you know, that saying, you know, the best time to plant the tree was yesterday. The second best time is now. So, you know, <laughs> the best time for another COVID relief bill was half a year ago. <laughs> second best time is now. So, you know, Congress needs to step to the plate, get it done, pass a bipartisan bill. No fluff, no pork, no nothing that doesn't need to be in it. Just pass it, get it through. Let the president sign it and be done with it.
And there's absolutely no reason to postpone this. <laughs> you know. Uh, postpone this past inauguration day. Unless you're trying to score political points. Um, this bill could have been signed yesterday into law. Could have been signed into law six months ago. But <laughs> I digress. Um, that's just sort of my take on it. And um, I applaud the senators standing up and saying, you know, there needs to be direct cash payments in it. Because I think that is massively important instead of giving huge amounts of money to bail out big corporations. You need to focus on American families. Um, and, you know, primarily a lot of the people coming out in support of direct payments have been Democrat senators. You know, Sanders, uh, I think Elizabeth Warren was on that list. Um, so... Kudos to them for doing something that I can agree with for once. <laughs> um, so hopefully we we come to a, an agreement sometime soon, and you know we can start the next phase of getting the country back on its feet. And um, just hope and pray for the best. So that's really all I got for this episode, guys. Thanks for uh, for turning. Uh, God, I can't talk. Thanks for tuning in, and you'll hear me next time on the Conservatarian Podcast. Play that outro.